and welcome to the Citizen Church podcast. In this podcast, we are working through our current series, Farmers and Fishermen, which is a series all about fueling our faith. So if you need to catch up, then you can listen to the rest of the series in the previous episodes. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy and we'll get straight into it. It's my pleasure to be sharing with you this morning. Um, as we're looking at the next in our series about farmers and fishermen, fueling our faith. I wonder what's the most reckless thing you've done recently? Taken any risks? Mine was actually on Thursday. I, I uh, looked out the, the door and I thought, well, out of the window, it's not that wet. I'm still going to cycle. I've got a busy day ahead. And... Um, Thankfully, a kind member of the congregation said, what you need when you're cycling in the rain is a nice pair of overshoes. So I got the overshoes. They arrived. This is sort of the first time I was properly using them in the rain. Turns out uh, they're not waterproof. Overshoes that I got, um, they're neoprene, which is the stuff you make a wetsuit out of. So on my feet, I was, as I was cycling, I was like, well, my feet are nice and warm. Not convinced they're dry. <laughs> By the time, so I had back-to-back meetings. It was one of those days on Thursday, and I got to my first meeting. My feet and my shoes were just completely soaked, and the radiator wasn't working in that room. So it was my first barefoot meeting of the day. And then I cycled down to here in Cates, and as I was cycling through the park, I thought, there's an attractive-looking shortcut. So I took this muddy path, and it, I thought, I think I know this one. This one's just going to cut the corner off. I'm going to be back on the, the path in no time got muddier and muddier. I ended up having to climb over, I think, four fallen down trees or branches. Uh, I don't know if you know the path I'm talking about. By Bu- it just ends up skirting the river and going, I think, into the river. But, but I was like, I'm going to have to climb over this big wall to get down and hoisted the bike down over the wall and um, got to my next meeting late. The radiators weren't working. It's like, just going to sit it through. Managed to get my shoes off put them on the radiator for a bit of time. I found a radiator that was working. And then my last meeting of the day was this prayer vigil for peace. And we were walking in the wet through the center of Cardiff. And I thought, this couldn't get any worse. Got soaking feet, got muddy shoes, they're wrecked. And then I thought about the people of Ukraine. And I thought, goodness me, what am I complaining about? You know, they are going through so much. People fleeing for safety, making one of the most dangerous journeys of their lives to save their lives. We've been having updates from a friend. He's Ukrainian, she's English, and their friends have been trying to make for the border for the last few days. Millions left behind at home, the risk of bombs and bullets, missiles, That lady on the news just got me with her three-year-old daughter and the cancer medication was running out and she had to make a dash across town to get more medicine. Those men, those fathers waving goodbye to their children on the trains while they go out to defend their country. And I just want to acknowledge at the start of this time this morning the horror of it all and the evil. And we will go on praying. We will cry out to God for peace. We will go on protesting and walking through the rain if it takes it, crying out to God for justice and for an end to this aggression. 
But I also want to acknowledge that you might not be in that place emotionally right now. You might feel disconnected from it all. I have at times. We get what's called compassion fatigue. Have you heard of it? There's always at least one tragedy going on somewhere, and it's hard to grieve every time. The horror doesn't hit like it used to. One psychologist describes this as empathy overload. Another psychologist says that it's an occupational hazard of any professionals who use their emotions, their heart. It's like the professional cost, the psychological cost of healing others. I know it's a thing for people who work in healthcare, and there are a lot of you this morning. It's like a dark cloud, this psychologist writes, that hangs over your head, goes wherever you go, and invades your thoughts. You might be feeling like you're in that dark cloud at the moment. Almost like you've lost a connection with your heart. Like you've lost something inside. God wants to restore what's been lost. God is the, the one who defends the defenseless. And God is the one who did the most extraordinary, the most reckless thing possible to make this happen. So as I said, this is the next in our series, Farmers and Fishermen, a series on fueling your faith. We're going to read from the Bible now. It's Matthew chapter 18. It's only four sentences, but I do believe that it can speak into all of our situations. Matthew chapter 18. It's a well-known little story. Let me read. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he's happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that one, that any of these little ones should perish or be lost. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're with us this morning. Thank you that you're present by your spirit. Thank you that you long in your love to come close to each of your children. You long to embrace us. You long to carry us home. You long to restore what's been lost. Thank you that your heart your heart aches with ours. Your, um, thank you that in Jesus you come towards us. And there's no one that your love can't reach. And I pray this morning that you'd speak to us. And not just that you'd speak to us, that, but, you'd do, but that you'd do something in us. To bring us closer to you. Amen. You know, Jesus comes to find what's been lost. He comes and he risks everything to rescue those who've wandered off. He'll bring us back if we let him. Nothing makes him happier than bringing home a little one who's got lost. Does this mean God has favorites that he leaves the 99 to go after the one? Well, again, I was reading Bible in one year the other day, and uh, my, my eldest son sometimes comes and joins me when I'm doing my reading, and, uh, and I, so I was reading it out loud, and the reading said, uh, on Friday, it was a story about how some people came to question Jesus, and they said to Jesus, you do not regard people with partiality. My five-year-old boy was like, he's nearly five, uh, what is partiality? 
I said, well, Jesus doesn't have favorites. So River says, yes, he does. It's like, uh, okay. <laughs> so we discussed. We discussed that uh, God doesn't, have, doesn't prefer rich people. He doesn't prefer the big people. Um, if anything, his priority is the poor. His favorites are the little ones. I think that's what my son was getting at. He's a good theologian. Another pastor, another theologian, John Stott, puts it like this. The church, he says, should concentrate its mission where the need is greatest. The church should move from the center towards the periphery to the sinned against. In other words, he says, we should move towards the poor and the oppressed. Nothing makes God happier than bringing home one of the little ones who's got lost. That's his favorite thing. The little ones are his number one. So the European Union a few years ago uh, measured the less developed regions in the EU. And there were no less developed regions in the whole of Northwest Europe, France, Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, Sweden, Finland, even Ireland, Scotland. I think they'll say even Ireland. Uh, only, only Cornwall, West Wales, and the Valleys. Anyone from the Valleys here this morning? Yes, come on. And that's why we've been asked to do our first church plant to St. Genneth. We've got a picture of St. Genneth there, James? Nice one, James. There it is, St. Peter's Church in St. Genneth, St. Kenneth and St. Peter's. This is in the poorest 20% of communities in Wales. It's a community that suffered even in the last year, another church building in that small community has been sold off, closed down. But we're going in there to open ours back up this year. As citizens, we're all about breaking people's stereotypes of church. All about bringing people home, breaching loneliness, building God's kingdom. We want people to belong before they believe. We want people to belong whatever they believe. And we've got a particular calling as a church to look out for those who are lost, who are displaced, who are lonely, or a long way from home. The poor are Jesus' priority. The little ones are his number one. What else does Jesus say about these little ones? He says they've wandered away. Sheep, you'd think, do that. They wander away. But actually, not as often as I thought. I've been reading uh, a little bit of this number one bestseller. There, he's on it, James, this morning. Good job. The Shepherd's Life. Have you, I don't know if you've read this book by James Rebanks, A Tale of the Lake District. This is a, a best-selling book about a sheep farmer. And he writes about the vast open moorland there, the common land that's shared by all the sheep farmers up in the Lake District. There are no fences. The sheep could wander off wherever they want to. He says, but the sheep don't wander off because they know their place on the mountain. He says they are hefted, which means taught their sense of belonging by their mothers as lambs, an unbroken chain of learning that goes back thousands of years. So he says the sheep can never be sold from the fell, that the local area where they were born without breaking that ancient link. I love this. Sheep stay put on the hills where they're brought up. It's one in a hundred that gets lost and wanders off. 
But when that one comes home, ah, it knows it's where it's meant to be. You know, it's the same with people who know the love of God. The love of God is like an unbroken chain. Why would anyone wander away? But people do. We all do. We all have at times. Looking at some statistics in the Church of Wales, if there were 100 people in the average church 50 years ago, there would now only be 34 people left. 66 have wandered away. That's rapid decline. We've got to face that. But when people come back to the love of God, it's like coming home. Looking a bit deeper, the word Jesus uses for wandering off literally means they've been led astray. Jesus is saying that one of the reasons the sheep can wander off is because they've been misled. Does that mean then that the church needs to start pointing fingers at the society around us and blaming society for the things people choose to do on Sunday rather than coming to church? What we need in this society is no Sunday trading. What we need is ban the football, <laughs> close the nightclubs. But you know, that's not the answer. We need to look at ourselves. And so often, it's the church that has misled people. It's the church that's given the wrong message. It's let people down and led people astray. It's told them they're not welcome. We've told them they're not good enough for God. We've spoken in some weird religious language that nobody understands. Religious leaders who are more interested in what they can get out of the church than what they can give to others. Even worse, not creating a safe environment for the little ones. Aren't shepherds supposed to feed sheep? You drink the milk, you make clothes from the wool, you roast the lambs, but you don't feed the sheep, you don't build up the weak ones, don't heal the sick, don't doctor the injured, don't go after the strays, don't look after the lost. You bully and badger them. That's what the prophet Ezekiel wrote hundreds of years before Jesus about the religious leaders in his day. Has anything changed? Jesus says, I'm a different sort of shepherd. I'm one who loves his sheep. I'm one who leaves the heights of heaven to go down and to look for the lowest, the least, the little lost ones. And I bring them home. I care about everyone. Even if you were the last person on earth, he'd still have got up on that cross for you. He didn't just get his feet wet and muddy. He suffered violent aggression. He was broken so we can be made whole. He was dislocated, displaced, disregarded, degraded so you can get the biggest upgrade, so you can receive the greatest status as a child of God, so you can find your place in God's family, so you can be put back together. Nothing makes him happier. He binds up the broken. Jesus includes the excluded. Jesus finds those who've been led astray, and he leads them to safety. The church does, we do, let people down. If we haven't let you down here at Citizen, I'm sorry, but it might happen one day. But Jesus never will. 
in his love, he never leaves us. In fact, if we've been let down in any way, if we've been misled in the past, he goes after that. He pinpoints the pain. He exposes the lies and puts them right. And he proclaims a better word. His words are faithful, more than the most loyal friend. His words are trustworthy, they're true. And if you feel like you've wandered away, there's always a way back. There's nowhere you can have got to that he won't find you. Well, I don't know what the last couple of years have been like for you. I know that for a lot of people, it was a time when you felt spiritually starved. Maybe you stopped going to church. Maybe you literally couldn't get into church because the doors were locked. And uh, I was talking to one uh, guy recently. He said it was like his heart had just grown cold, like an ember, and the fire was going out. I don't know if you can relate to that in the last year or two. Maybe other things came in. Maybe you did lose your way. And we're so committed here at Citizen to creating a place where you can belong, where you can... Even more than that, be found by Jesus and where you can be fed. We need to let ourselves be found, though. I know some of us wouldn't say we're lost. But maybe there's a part of us where we don't feel that same connection that we used to. Maybe you can relate a bit to that emotional, what was it called? Apathy, uh, that overload, empathy overload. Maybe your heart's grown cold. Maybe you feel disconnected. Maybe that dark cloud seems to hang over you. And Jesus wants to go right in and light up that shadow. He connects us again. Listen to the words of Raniero Cantalamessa. There he is. He's the smiley one. He appears on the Alpha videos once or twice. He's imagining how Jesus would speak to us. It's quite a long reading, but... You might even want to close your eyes as I read it. Hear the voice of Jesus speaking to you, whatever you can relate to about feeling lost. Because of all your preoccupations and problems, you've often lost sight of your heart. You're doing a lot, it's true, but at times you've lost the clasp that holds together the multiple facets of your life. You don't always live in your center. You don't always live in your heart. And a lack of attention to your life makes you lose your true self. There is a closet in your life that you're not succeeding in putting in order by yourself. Talk to me about it. And I'll illuminate your home and dwell in it with my love and mercy. I want you to give me the key that opens everything, the master key, so that I can enter and share all the facets of your life with you, your family, your affections, your finances, to be with you when you're awake, when you sleep, when you work, when you play, would you like to share your whole life with me? You'll see that everything will be easier and better. Well, in a few minutes, I'd like to 
pray for you. But I, th there's a few more things I want to say about what being reckless like Jesus might mean for us. Raniero's uh, the, the private preacher to the Pope in Rome, and uh, his most recent book is called Pastori e Pescatori. So it's uh, farmers. It's not. It's as close as you could get to farmers and fishermen. I think he and Ryan are on a bit of a wavelength. Literally, it's uh, shepherds and fishermen. But his point is, you know, Jesus now calls us to join him. Jesus, he says, is the ultimate fisherman. And he calls us to join him as fishing, as fishermen, fishing for people. Jesus is the ultimate shepherd. But he also calls us to join him, caring for the sheep. And the sort of shepherd that Jesus is, he leaves the 99 to go after the one that is lost. But you know, in Wales, it's more like the 66 that are lost and only 33 left, 34 left. Until we think, what about all the people who never came to church in the first place? Raniero says it's more like 99 that are lost and one that's left in the church. And he says the danger is we spend all of our time caring for the one remaining sheep that we don't have time to go out and look for the sheep that are lost. But that's what Jesus calls us to do in Sengeneth, contributing what we can to create a place for people to belong in that community. I love the Starfish Project that some members of our church community are involved with. Coming alongside young people who, for whatever reason, have found themselves homeless, even if it's just one young person that turns up to hang out with the Starfish team, it is so worth it. That one person matters so much to God. I love how even when Dan Pledger, our incredible coffee, citizen coffee manager, well, Dan got COVID two weeks ago, and the coffee team is mostly a bunch of volunteers, and Part of me, I'll be honest, when I heard Dan got COVID, I was like, well, we should obviously shut it because Dan's not around. The coffee team stepped up, though. And for those 10 days that Dan was away, people still had that place to belong, that place where they feel known. These things can seem like a risk. They can seem reckless or even stupid. Why would we leave the coffee van still open? And we've got to think about the 99 sheep that were left behind. Were they safe? Was it a huge risk? Maybe not. Maybe this rich farmer with 100 sheep, maybe he had some people who lend a hand. It doesn't say, though. Maybe the other sheep were at less risk of wandering off, but there were wolves, there were thieves. Jesus talks at another place about how the thief comes to steal and destroy, how the wolf comes to attack. He says, but I'm the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep so that they may have life and life in all its fullness. Jesus says he'll do whatever it takes to defend his sheep. Nothing can snatch us out of his hand, nothing at all. But it still feels risky. I mean, what if? the food hygiene inspector were to turn up when the coffee van manager is not around. <laughs> that actually happened, by the way. For the first time since we opened Citizen Coffee, the food hygiene inspector decided to turn up. Well, the volunteers <laughs> smashed it. Guys, we got a five-star rating for hygiene, even in the absence of Dan. That was amazing. 
Jesus left the 99. He took that risk. What if the starfish team go along to hang out with these young people who've been left homeless? And what if it seems like no one's going to come and hang out with them, and then just one person turns up to hang out with them? Doesn't it seem like a massive waste of time? Well, no, because Jesus left the 99 for the sake of that one. How on earth do we think we can make a difference up in St. Genneth? What if we open the church and only one person rocks up? Jesus left the 99. So what's the risk that he might be asking you to take? I know some of you have been checking out my new shoes. I'm not going to give up cycling. I'm just going to get some new waterproof shoes. My wife was like, you can't wear those to preach, and they just are not the look. But anyway, I'm here. They're a visual aid. That's the point. <laughs> I'm committed to cycling in Cardiff. I just be careful about the shortcuts. What's the risk that he might be take, asking you to take today? Or who's that one person that he might be putting on your heart that you need to reach out for, that you need to invite along? get in touch with. Jesus left the 99. You might be thinking, what about little old me? Would he have, would he even notice me? Nothing, nothing would make him happier than to put you up on his shoulders and to bring you home. For you to find that place where you really are at home, that place where you belong. If we wander, he'll seek us out. No matter what you've done, you're never too far for God to find you. Let Jesus find you in that place. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't already know, then you can join us live on Sundays. We go live on YouTube at 11.30 a.m. Or you can join us in person at our 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. services at our Cate's campus in Cardiff. We hope to see you there soon. Otherwise, I hope you have an incredible week and we'll see you soon.